Redosaurus, you ain't got no legs. Lieutenant <laughs> 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 Cyclops, you only got one eye. <laughs> Okay, uh, this is getting silly. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Kaiju Weekly, the weekly podcast that introduces you to the wide world of giant monster movies. I am your host, Travis, and with me, as always, is my co-host, A Potato. Whoa, 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 whoa. Hang on. (laughs) What? (laughs) What? Okay, well, mm, to be fair, I have been pretty lazy. Like, I have been pretty extra lazy the last couple of days. Um, So... Couch potato is probably not too far off, if I'm being honest. Yeah, yeah, that's ex- that's why I said potato, uh, not just because it was the first thing that came to my mind. <laughs> How are you doing? Michael? How are you, buddy? I'm good. I'm good. Um, you doing okay? Yeah, yeah, I'm doing good. Um, we're fixing to get some pretty rough weather here in my area. So, uh, listeners, if you hear some noise in the background, it's either the weather, my air conditioner, or my cat. Take your pick. I'm going to say probably the cat. Probably the cat, but just in case there's also weather and my air conditioner uh so there's that uh also i've been mobbed by a bunch of hummingbirds today (laughs) (laughs) i saw the i watched your video and it was pretty hilarious not gonna lie yeah there's just like 50 hummingbirds out there on my just swarming around my porch and it is just ridiculous it felt like alfred hitchcock's the birds (laughs) yeah i mean it's um i don't get i don't get to see a lot of hummingbirds here at the apartment complex but yeah i mean well they are everywhere out here and this is the most we've had i think since as far back as i can remember this is the most we've had in a single year uh that just mob are but i I think they're getting ready for migration because they migrate every year um come around fall uh, so I think they're getting ready for their migration and that's why they're kind of bulking up on the food that we have out there. So that may be why there's so many of them, but yeah, it was just like, there's so many of them. And I was just like, I'm scared to go outside. I might get attacked. <laughs> yeah. Travis, do we have any news this week? I don't, I don't we- know if there's any news this week. We do not have any major news. There's been little tidbits here and there, but been keeping my eye out. Uh, nothing major has dropped this week. So, longtime listeners, faithful listeners, will know what that means. It's time for a game. A game. And I got to send you the soundbite of the guy from Saw saying, Michael, would you like to play a game? yeah that one caught me off guard last time (laughs) i thought that was so funny um yeah so uh we we've 
we usually play games whenever we don't have a lot of news to fill in time until uh, our main topic, uh, because these podcasts are not long enough as is. And instead of doing the smart thing and making a short, concise podcast that people can listen to uh, on their way to work, we made super long ones that people have to listen to over multiple days. Well, that just keeps us top of mind to all of our listeners. Yay. Uh, This game that we're going to play is Who Said It? Who Said It? We've not played this game before. I don't think, yeah, we've not played this game before. Is this new? This is a new game. Um, Now, here's the thing. You can name the character who says it, this line Uh from this movie, or Uh you can give me the movie Uh that the line is from. Interesting. I will count either one. Do as I a... get bonus points? Do I get bonus points if I can name both? Sure, why not? I mean, it's not like you're you're not competing because, well, against anybody, so you're 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 going to be okay. the winner no matter yeah. what. <laughs> well, no, I believe the listener is going to be the winner. Actually, here the wis- the the listeners are going to be the winner. <laughs> I can talk. <laughs> yes, the English language is something you do. Yes, I do. I do good English. Um. Yes. So yeah, this is uh this is gonna be a game of who said it, and uh, I it's on IMDb. There is the quote section for each movie, so you can find some quotes from some of your favorite movies. All of these. Hold on, let me double check. All of these are Godzilla movies, so that is going to narrow it down. Oh, okay. For you. Well, that helps. Yes, that helps. Okay. So, the first one that I have for you: King Kong can't make a monkey out of us. Well, that's that's okay. That's pretty easy. That's King Kong versus Godzilla. Okay, but who and... said it? Uh, do I have to name the actor's name or the character's name? Uh, well, I have the character's name in front of me, so that would help. Because okay. <laughs> you uh, could name any actor and uh, I would be like, yeah, sure, why not? <laughs> Mr. Taco. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Mr. Taco. We scored a full page display in the newspapers. Why don't we take a photo of him smiling to put in our ads? Do you think King Kong smiles? We'll get him to smile. <laughs> That's same, same, uh, same conversation. Gotcha. Uh, All right, I'm one for one. Yeah. Uh, and so on to the next one. I knew that tuna eating monster was useless. Oh, that's easy. That's um, the uh, that's. Um, that's Commander X from uh, Final Wars. Yes, the controller of Planet X is what, it's, what it says on IMDb, but yes. All right, two for two. All right. Emo, anime, goth. <laughs> Emo, anime, leather daddy guy <laughs> is yes. the one who said it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, all right. Uh, next one is... If this wasn't contributing to world destruction, this would be a great DJ booth. I changed the inflection a little oh, bit to shoot. kind of throw you off. Oh, shoot. Uh, uh, um, 
Oh God. Um, it's Bernie from King Kong from Godzilla versus Kong. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it is hard to find a line from that movie that isn't like so instantly recognizable because like we were after that movie, we were saying lines from that movie to each other constantly. Yes. So <laughs> well, it's, well, that one, in King, that one in King of the Monsters, that one in King of the Monsters is, uh, is, mm -hmm. is really, um, uh, is really quotable. So I have a question for you, Michael. Are you a what? Bernie bro? Am I a Bernie bro? I mean, Bernie from, uh, Bernie from, uh, Godzilla versus Kong, made me into a bernie bro that's the only time i've ever openly said i was a bernie bro <laughs> all right next one next line this one might be a little bit tougher depends on how well you remember this movie take uh, that okay. you dinosaur <laughs> uh Oh God! What is the character's name? Does the character even have a name in that movie? Oh yeah, um, he has a name. Um, um, uh, uh, um, uh, uh, Major Spielberg from uh, Godzilla vs. King Ghidorah, nineteen ninety one. Yes. <laughs> was it Major Spielberg that said that? Yes, it was Major Spielberg. <laughs> At least on IMDb, okay. that's what it All says. Right. Man, I'm on a roll. Yes. <laughs> Give me something harder. Come on. All right. All right. This is this is the hardest one. Not really. Um, uh, you're going to know this sure. one instantly, too. And hold on. Daisy. Oh. Daisy. Daisy. What? What? Go. Go. This ain't for you. This ain't for you. Now, who said that? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> That's me all the time. Daisy. Get out of the way. Move your butt, Daisy. Move your furry butt. Okay. Last one. Children's Land? Is that some sort of fancy name for a lunatic asylum? Uh, I mean... <laughs> the movie is Godzilla vs. Gigant, but... Uh, 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 shoot, what's his name? Uh... Was it Goro? Nope, it was not Goro. Ah, oh, what is it? Uh, 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 um, corncob guy. Uh, no, it wasn't corncob guy. Daisy is trying to eat my well, my then, microphone then, now. Then I don't. Then apparently I don't know that one. Which one? Who was that? Who uh, said that? <laughs> this quote is attributed to priest. What? Just just a priest. Okay. It is Godzilla versus Gigan, right? Yes, yes, it is Godzilla versus Gigan. It, ha it has to be because that's the only movie that has children's land in it. Yes. Uh, and the space cockroaches. Oh. My favorite. Okay. You know, I fully expected you to whip out Godzilla! Godzilla! And that's what I would have followed it up with. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I was fully, I was, you said, when you said that, I was like, okay, he's going for Godzilla 2000. Um, yeah. Okay. But well, I was, I'm a little bit disappointed. 
depending on how this game turns out and how the listeners react to it, uh, I may do more. We, we never know. Uh, listeners, what did you think of that short little game that we just played to fill in some time? Do, does it need to be harder? Because I feel like it needs to be a little harder. Well, yeah, I mean, I could have picked really obscure. Like, they've got, they've got quotes that are like, what? And that's the whole line. It's like, well, that could have been any movie. <laughs> like, right. But like the ones you gave, the ones you, the, the, the questions that you gave me, the, the quotes that you gave me had too many context clues. Okay. Let me, let me see if I can find another one real quick and see if I can make one that's, that's okay. extra hard. Okay. 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 Uh, give me an extra, extra hard one. And if anything mentions the name of a certain Kaiju that gives it away, Replace it with um, avocado. Avocado. There we go. Avocado. Avocado. Okay. Here's one. The 1000 year dragon. Avocado. (laughs) 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 Uh, uh, That's from GMK. Um, Uh. I think it was the reporter lady that said that. Yeah, Yuri. What is her name? I don't know. Her, her, Yuri, yeah. Did, did Yuri say that one? Yes, yes, Yuri said that one. Okay. Uh, okay, how about this one? Quick, take a picture before we run. Oh, that's still GMK. That's the <laughs> tourists that are that are standing in the... <laughs> that's the tourists that are standing there uh, uh, as a bear... I think Baragon is approaching. Yes. Yes, because <laughs> it starts off with "Look, it's the Red Godzilla." Yeah. Anyway, that, I don't know. I, I'll have to. I'll have to look for some harder ones and see. But like I said, like it's hard to find ones that that aren't full conversations or that just like immediately give it away. So I have to dig into it. But uh, listeners, if you have some suggestions for games that we can play on the podcast for when we have no news, uh, send them over kaijuweekly at gmail.com yes. or at kaijuweekly on twitter by all means please send them over because we are always looking for content to help pass the time uh when there is no news items because we like to stall yeah again we like to make uh more work for ourselves and make these episodes completely unlistenable by dragging them out as long as possible <laughs> i wouldn't say unlistenable i mean they're perfectly listenable it's just sometimes they're a little long okay uh moving on i guess i, I guess now we can just move on to our main topic uh for this week because we don't really have anything else to do we already played our game no, I mean that sounds fine. Uh, that was that was quick and breezy. I'm sure our uh, listeners appreciated that because sometimes our news segments go a little bit long. Just saying, but we're gonna try yeah. to do better. Well, we probably won't do better. It's fine though. People seem to love us anyway. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, so we introduce our main topic each week by asking a trivia question and reading out the responses that we got to that trivia question on our social media from our social media so the trivia question for this week is what harryhausen film did tom hanks call the greatest movie ever made a 1992 award ceremony Hmm. and let me find the answers here scroll 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 okay 
And we got answers from Damon Noise, who sent us, it came from Sinbad's 20 million guanjis. Good answer. Not quite. Not quite. Very creative. 20 million guanjis. That's, that's just, that's a lot of guanjis. 20 million gong. That's a lot of guanjis. That's a lot of guanjis. Uh, then Titanus Kumanga, Kumanga sent us Jason and the Argonauts. The correct answer. Usually I save the correct answers for the end, but I mixed them up this week. <laughs> you did. Thank you, you sure did. Titanus Kumanga. Uh, and then Chris Deggle sent us the correct answer, which is regardless which one he named, he was right. Because Hank, uh, Tom about said Hank Williams again. Dang on. Because <laughs> Tom Hank Williams. Because Tom Hank Williams is always right. <laughs> well, also, no Not matter what. Ball. Go ahead. I said, I was going to say, life is like a box of guanjis. You never know what you're going to get. <laughs> uh yeah chris uh so yeah you no matter what harryhausen film he picked he would have been right because really any of harryhausen's films you could have said like they are all most of them are up there as some of the greatest films mm -hmm. ever made like really the amount of work bold, bold guanji baked guanji guanji scampi barbecue guanji on the barbecue <laughs> guanji salad I could never mind. Forget it. That is a horrible, horrible Forrest Gump impression. I am sorry. Anyone Red, who loves that movie, Redosaurus, you ain't got no legs. Lieutenant <laughs> <laughs> Cyclops, you only got one eye. <laughs> okay uh this is getting silly <laughs> uh our friend danny damana from the godzilla novelization project said the little known yet critically praised argson and the jasonauts slight correction i believe this is a particular film was directed by ray's less ambitious second cousin chip harryhausen easy mistake to make is what he went on is what he went yes, on to say well, that's what he went on to say uh thank you danny that was a pretty fun one <laughs> and hard to say thank you danny boy arson argson and the jasonauts argson and the jasonauts hmm. i don't know if, hmm. Jimmy, yeah moving on Jimmy from NASA sent us ET13 Productions, The Extraterrestrial, which, if anyone isn't aware, ET13 Productions is the Twitter and also YouTube channel uh, handle for our friend Elijah, who also hosts the Kaiju Conversation mm -hmm. podcast. So, and the uh, Kaiju Place and the Kaiju Play School podcast and the Kaiju Daycare podcast and the Kaiju. What is uh, his stuff is always very age appropriate. Yeah. Uh, uh, I was going to say Muppet Babies. It has nothing to do with Kaiju, but. <laughs> I mean, they're pretty, like the Muppet Babies are pretty, pretty monstrous. And I, I imagine that Elijah would fit right in there. Can you sing the Muppet Babies theme from memory? 
at Muppet Babies. Da 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 da. da. No, that's that's Grease. Wait, <laughs> hang on, I'm getting that song. I'm getting that song confused with the theme from Grease. See, okay, the song that always comes to mind when I try to sing the Muppet Babies theme song is Santa Baby. Muppet Babies, I really been an awful... Wait, no. Oh, no. This, is, this this got age inappropriate real quick. <laughs> yes, it did. Uh, that's just a little side note. Uh, <laughs> no one knows what the Muppet Babies theme song is. <laughs> it's always confused with another. I know. <laughs> like if I heard the Muppet Baby, if I heard the Muppet Babies theme song, uh, I would know it. It's like it's like um, uh, Muppet uh, Babies. Uh, Muppet baby, no, heck on it. Um, um, shoot, what is it? What is? Hang on, give me a second. I know Muppet the Muppet Babies, Babies theme song. Running here and there and everywhere. High adventures that's beyond compare. They are the Muppet Babies. I don't Babies. think that's it. <laughs> I don't. I don't think that is. Is it? Uh, um, is it? Hang out with the Muppet Babies. Wait, no. Hang on. That's Fraggle Rock. Phenomena. Uh, <laughs> Tack on it. Do, do. Muppet do, Babies. Do, 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 the Muppet do, Babies. Do, do, do. The Muppet Babies. Boom. This is what we should have filled the first 15 minutes with. <laughs> Trying to figure out the... The darn Muppet Babies theme song. I'm telling song. you, yeah. it's impossible. No one knows what the Muppet Babies theme song is. That was my point. That's why well, I wanted if to bring someone, it up. If, if someone on Twitter, without looking it up, if you looked it up, you're cheating. Of course, there's really no way for us to confirm that you cheated. But if you can sing to us the Muppet Babies theme song from memory, please do it. Because now, now I have to go. After, now after this podcast, I'm going to have to look it up. I feel like there's some kind of secret code inside the Muppet Babies theme song that if someone sings it, it like opens up like a portal somewhere. <laughs> maybe. Yeah, maybe. Maybe. Um, I mean, it would make sense because it's it's the most difficult freaking song to remember. <laughs> and this has nothing to do with what we're talking about or anything that it's was like, said like, in our trivia questions it's like do 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 no that's doug that's doug hang on <laughs> oh back on it real <laughs> ah, <you> muppet babies <laughs> Wait, no. What's the cat dog theme? I'm trying to remember the cat dog I theme. have no idea. Uh, I, I did not watch cat dog enough to remember. I don't know. Maybe have, you think we've wasted enough of our listeners time. I think so. Uh, Nick Blackler. <laughs> <laughs> Nick Blackler sent in, I believe it was, uh, again, this is answering the trivia question uh, that we asked because it's been so long. Maybe everyone forgot what we were actually doing here. Um, answering the trivia question. Uh, he answered with, I believe it was the seventh voyage of Woody. And then he sent us a picture, which is fantastic. 
it's it's all the uh, Toy Story characters in in the uh, Seventh Voyage of Sinbad poster. And I didn't even notice yeah. the big bear in the background as the Cyclops. <laughs> that's the first thing I noticed. I was like, that's the first thing I noticed. Like, wow, that's like, and I'm like, I actually did not notice. I did not notice Rex. I didn't notice Rex because Rex looks so close to the actual dragon. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I I really, I did not see the, the, uh, the bear <laughs> in the background. That's good. That's good, Nick. Thank you so much. Uh, and I'm going to skip the next one for now. We'll, we'll do that one last. Uh, Crystal Lady okay, Jessica sent us Snow White and the Seven Argonauts or Rocky and the Eye of the Tiger. It's the Eye of the Tiger. It's eye the thrill of the... Oh, maybe that's the, the Muppet Babies theme song. It's the Muppet no. Babies. It's the thrill of the fight. <laughs> no, no, I don't think it's that. I don't think it's that. It's like um, it'd be. I, I really maybe it's um, maybe it's. Do you believe in the Muppet Babies? Babies. <laughs> maybe shit. Maybe that's something Cher can cover later when when uh, when she comes back when she's resurrected from the dead. She can uh, uh, after well, she take it after she, she emerges from her coffin uh, every decade or so. <laughs> <laughs> That's fine. Sheriff's never going to die. She's a vampire. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and then our friend Nathan Marchand from the Monster Island Film Vault sent us Citizen Sinbad. And I, I was trying okay, to think of a funny. What about Mayor Sinbad? Mayor what about Sinbad. Mayor Sinbad, Nathan? Mayor Sinbad? Yeah. Mayor or Sinbad. Or Governor Sinbad. Ooh, ooh, Governor Meyer. Sinbad. Give me that Mayor Sinbad. Governor, yeah. President Emmanuel Sinbad. I think Sinbad was the president in a movie. What movie was that he where he was the president? Oh, first kid. Yeah, 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 yeah. Was he the was president? first kid? No, I think he was uh he was just the um a secret service. The bodyguard. Agent. Yeah, that's yeah, right. he was a secret. Yeah, that's right. He was secret service agent. He, yeah, 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 he was right. the president in the movie The Bodyguard. <laughs> <laughs> and I will remember the Muppet Babies. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yes, Sinbad was in First Kid. Uh, yeah, he was the secret service agent. Okay, yeah. okay. I feel like he was the president in something at some point uh and then of course our friend elijah who is also well, an extraterrestrial not no, no, no. that's what? not last you said you oh. were gonna read his last oh yeah i didn't even see it on the next page there was some more okay i need to flip the page uh, travis uh, sorry uh from <laughs> turn the page muppet babies <laughs> On a lone and lonesome daycare, east of. <laughs> oh, God. We're going to remember Kaiju Kim. <laughs> Our friend Kaiju Kim sent us <laughs> Jason and Trini. An answer. Jack, Kimberly, Billy, Tommy, and the Argonauts. <laughs> that is a movie I would totally watch. It sounds 
Argonomical? No. Go, go, Muppet Babies. Do, 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 do. Yeah, we finally found it. We finally found it. Go, yes. go, Muppet Babies. No, that's not, that's still not that's, it. No, that's a that's it. That's it. That that's the theme song. Uh, no, <laughs> it's better than Teenage Muppet Baby <laughs> Turtles. Okay, <laughs> Teenage Mutant Muppet Babies. Babies on the half shell. Baby power. <laughs> Baby power. That's great. Uh. Uh, Cameron, uh, from our friends over at the Tokyo Lives podcast, uh, one of the hosts of Tokyo Lives, uh, sent us, I believe it's 2006's Click. Yes, because that one is the greatest yes. movie ever made. Eh. <laughs> eh. It, it, I mean, it has okay. Christopher Walken as the Grim Reaper. Like, <laughs> was he the i don't think he was a grim he wasn't the grim reaper he was death no he was death he was the embodiment of death in that movie and in real life i am christopher christopher walken i'm here to uh uh bring you to the other side uh, with more cowbell it's it sounds like it sounds like the count meets christopher walken <laughs> Give me more cowbell. One cowbell. Give me uh, more uh, cowbell. Uh, 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 two cowbell. Uh, 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 we're in a Sesame Street uh, uh, mood uh, uh, for some reason. <laughs> How? I guess I'm going to have to watch Sesame. I guess I'm going to have to uh, just go watch Muppet Babies. And watch PBS. Watch <laughs> <laughs> go watch Muppet Babies. Uh, reminder that we are still in the trivia questions section. <laughs> uh, Kaiju director uh, on Twitter sent us Jason and the Argonauts, but I prefer the Beast from Twenty Thousand Fathoms myself. Uh, thank you. That was the correct answer, and you have good taste because Beast from Twenty Thousand Fathoms is a pretty good movie. It is, yes, indeed, quite uh, right. And then now, so moving in now, wait, finally, wait, now well, finally, now I think I thought we're we're we moving can, into our main topic now. Travis. We can cover Elijah's answer of Yeti and the Argonips. <sighs> Dag on it. <laughs> Yeti nipples Anyway, our main topic this week is not the Muppet Babies, uh, even though we've talked about it probably more than we're actually going to talk about the movie. <laughs> uh, oh, come on now. Jason and the Argonauts from 1963. That's not a slight on this movie. That's just us we rambled for a lot about the muppet babies <laughs> uh the cast and crew list it was directed by don shafey or shafey uh it stars todd armstrong nancy kovac honor blackman gary raymond and of course the stop motion animation was done by ray harryhausen and the plot breakdown is and I swear if you read the plot breakdown to Muppet Babies, I will lose my <laughs> I will lose my stuff. <laughs> uh, 
Oh no, I wasn't going to read the, excuse me. Um, I wasn't going to read the plot breakdown to Muppet Babies, Travis. <laughs> okay. I was just going to simply say, uh, I was just going to say an animated series based on Jim Henson's classic characters. <laughs> <laughs> Which can be literally anything that Jen's, Jim Henson touched. Oh, God. <laughs> Actually, I was sitting here trying to find to see if there was a, if there was a plot synopsis for Fraggle Rock, and there's not. <laughs> okay. It just says... <clears throat> It just says a. It just says an animated, uh, an animated version of Jim Henson, Jim Henson's classic series. That's all. Yes. No one knows what the plot breakdown to to uh, Fraggle Rock is. No one knows what the plot of Fraggle Rock is, and no one knows what the theme song to Muppet Babies is. Why are we so devoid? Like, like there's just this empty space in all of our brains when it comes to these Jim Henson things. <laughs> Okay, so what about this one? The son of Zeus and Hera is stripped of his uh, immortality as an infant and must become a true hero in order to reclaim it. Is that Disney's Hercules? Yes, it is, actually. <laughs> <laughs> I I love the music in that i used to listen to the music just on the on my when i ran the paper route i would listen to disney music sometimes and i would i loved the music from hercules because there's a there's a part where the muses start it's like uh it's like and then there was hercules you mean huncules Woo! i want to make some sweet music <laughs> there's your cold open I, honestly 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 you cannot you cannot beat uh, classic Disney movie music because there's just something great about it. But we're not actually talking about a Disney movie, Travis, or the Muppet Babies. We're gonna be talking or the Muppet Babies. God, this this episode's a mess already. Um, <laughs> we're talking about Jason and we're talking about Jason and the Argonauts. Don't cut any of that. That was gold. Uh, <laughs> opening thoughts on Jason and the Argonauts from 1963 a really fantastic movie a movie that Tom Hanks considers the greatest movie ever made and a movie that we can't seem to talk about because we're so caught up talking about Muppet Babies <laughs> opening thoughts <laughs> I'm going to give you my opening thoughts as soon as I yawn um and that has nothing that says nothing about this movie. I promise it says every, it has everything to do with the fact that I just really didn't sleep well last night. Um, so anyway, so, okay. So Jason and the Argonauts is one of those movies that I actually have not watched a ton of like, I've, I've seen it a few times. I, I've seen it enough to know what's going on at any given moment. And there are some really iconic moments uh, in Jason and the Argonauts, but it's just not one of those that, that's like, that's super rewatchable for me. Like I'm, I'm more so uh, I'm more so of a Guanji fan or uh, 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 1 million years BC for reasons. 
uh, uh, that we can't get into. Yeah. Seventh yeah. Voyage of Sinbad. Sinbad. <laughs> the, seventh voyage, the Seventh Voyage of Sinbad, which we have covered, I believe, uh, mm-hmm. on this podcast already. Um, but Jason and the Argonauts was one that I didn't actually get to see until later on, until later on in life, until maybe I was in my, I don't know, probably like my late teens, early 20s. Um, I had seen all the other Harryhausen films, I feel like, up to that point. Um, this one and um, uh, First Men on the Moon are ones that are are ones that I have probably watched the least out of the Harryhausen catalog, which that's not necessarily a testament to, to, to the movie itself. It's still a really fantastic movie. And I think that, um, I think that the special effects in, uh, in Jason and the Argonauts is actually, uh, one of Harryhausen's, if not Harryhausen's crowning achievement. Um, with the skeletons because that if you if you if you dig into like the background of that whole scene and what it took to make that man that is that that is that is a complex that is a complex effect to have to put together or that is a complex scene to have to put together and yeah what's good about this what's good about us covering this movie now is um shameless plug our friend uh danny demana wrote it wrote an article about uh the legacy of harryhausen uh for kaiju ramen magazine and he really focused in on jason and the argonauts and the technical expertise uh that went into making this film as great as it is it is jason and the argonauts is um is viewed as harryhausen's crowning achievement in a lot of circles when you when you talk about these movies yeah, well, uh, Harryhausen himself considered this his greatest movie that he that he made, uh, and you can see why. Like we've been talking about each time we go through one of these Harryhausen films, and we've been going through them in order, skipping a couple of them because they didn't fit our genre of movie <coughs> that we usually cover on the podcast. Um, but uh, but yeah, as we've been going through all these Harryhausen films one thing that I've been pointing out over and over again is you can see Ray doing something different in each movie and he's trying new techniques and new things. And this is the movie that that's been leading up to because this is the movie where he threw everything that he had, every trick in his book he threw into this film. And yeah. And, and from here on out, it's not that the movies get worse because, you know, we've still got clash of the Titans coming up and we've still got Valley of Guanji coming up. It's not that the movies get worse, but as far as technical, things that he's experimenting with he doesn't really do much more post this film everything else is stuff that he's already done in other films this is the last movie where you kind of see him invent something new um to to introduce into a movie and and the thing he kind of you know not necessarily invents but just perfects in this movie is the fight scene between the skeletons and Jason and then the other two guys who I can't remember their names of. So we'll talk about that when we get to it, but just, I, that's just one of the things I, 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 this is the movie that all of our conversations about Harryhausen have been leading up to. This is the point, the height of his technical skills. Is it the best of his movies? Well, I mean, he considered it his best. A lot of other people consider it his best. Really, it's it's subjective because 
you know, it, it just depends <clears throat> on what your favorite of his movies are. This isn't my favorite Harryhausen film. Uh, and to your no. point about what makes this movie uh not so rewatchable like it's just one of those movies that's not very rewatchable i think that the length has a lot to do with that because i feel like and i may be wrong i didn't fact check this but i feel like this might be the longest harryhausen film to this point uh i think i think clash of the titans is longer so i think we're going to get some longer movies in the future of his but i think up to now of all the movies we've covered of his this is the longest one uh may, it might be beat out by sinbad i don't think it was beat out by sinbad sinbad was not was not a full two hours long this is almost a full two hours long it's like it's like eight minutes short of two hours so that uh, might... i was looking up to see how well, i was uh -huh. This this movie, Jason and the Argonauts, is an hour and forty four minutes. Right. Uh, whereas Clash of the Titans, let me look that up really quick. Clash of the Titans, Titans runtime. Uh, Clash of the Titans runtime is an actually an hour and forty six. No, that's the new one. No, I need what? Well, let's see, eighty nineteen eighty one. Yeah, nineteen eighty one is when that came out. Um. Yeah, that Clash of the Titans is almost two, a solid two hours because it's an hour and fifty eight minutes. Um. So this is up there as this is up there as one of the longest, um, Harryhausen films because up to this point we had pretty breezy, uh, we had pretty breezy movies from 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 Harryhausen and his team. Um. There are some movies that feel longer. Honestly, I feel like I feel like Mysterious Island feels longer than this. Uh, uh, because just to, I'm sorry, sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. No, you're fine. Just because it there's a lot there's so I feel like there's so much going on in Mysterious Island, it feels longer. Um, See, I felt that way about this movie. This movie, like I felt the runtime of this. So I, I did fact check myself while you, while you were talking. Um, there's only three movies longer than this one out of uh Harryhausen's entire filmography and uh they're all after this so so of all the movies that we've covered up to this point this is the longest one this is the longest of Harryhausen's sure. and then uh after this the next longest one uh, the the one that surpasses it after that is the Golden Voyage of Sinbad uh, an hour and uh -huh. 45 minutes uh, then Sinbad in the Eye of the Tiger an hour and 53 minutes and then Clash of the Titans an hour and 58 minutes uh, so so those three are longer than this one and it's all, and they came out after uh, Jason and the Argonauts so yeah this is the longest one I mean and, and it's not much longer than Mysterious Island it's only Mysterious Island was only an hour and 41 minutes so so yeah it's mm. it's not much longer but to me i felt the length in this one and i i was wondering if that contributes to this one might maybe feeling a little less rewatchable uh for you and for me too because i i feel that way too i feel like this movie's not as rewatchable as some of uh harryhausen's other films i i also think that what maybe contributes to my feeling the length in this movie is it's so much it, so much of it is disjointed little stories that i mean there is a through line of mm -hmm. jason trying to get somewhere but yeah. it's so much of it feels like okay we have to well, go here oh now we have to go here oh now we have to go here and it's just like you know it, it doesn't really feel like 
one complete overarching story it's more like multiple individual stories which is kind of how the original greek myth was told uh so i can't really blame Mm -hmm. them for that but at the same time it's like that might be why it feels a little bit longer because it's like yeah you're you're feeling that link because you're recognizing each one of these little sections is a certain length of time and yeah you're just feeling it i don't know i i feel the length when watching this movie is my bottom line point it almost feels like it almost feels like if this movie could have been broken up into like a i don't know like a tv like a tv like a made for tv miniseries that's what this movie kind of feels like because there is so many little little dis not i don't think disjointed is the right way to say it it feels episodic um, there is so many right yeah yeah there is so many different sections to it that you could you could probably break this movie up into like a made for tv miniseries break it up into three parts uh and each part can even can kind of either stand on its own or and and lead towards you know the 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 bigger whole but um yeah, I, I feel like this one is this one. The runtime didn't feel as long to me as, say, some of them like Mysterious Island, but it still felt long and it still felt kind of just uh, not. What is the word I'm looking for? Um, exhausting. Maybe exhausting is a little bit uh, is the right word to use because there, we are jumping around. We are going to we're doing this here. We're doing this here. We're on the island. We're off the island and we're on the boat. We're on the sea, blah, 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 blah. And there's so much stuff going on at one time. Uh, and you're right. There is a through line that, that gets us from point A to point B, but there's a lot of little detours that just feels like a lot. Yeah. In between. Yeah. Uh, we i've got a treat for all of our listeners today uh you guys get to hear me say the word boat uh over and over again because boat is one of those words that uh, my southern accent comes out more in i don't know why that one word is is the one that like because i it's like every time i go to say boat i say boat get on the boat get on the boat we're gonna get on a shrimp boat i grew up on a shrimp boat that's why i say it like that <laughs> uh but yeah no so, so, so uh for anybody who wants to tweet at me my pronunciation of boat uh don't do it I, i'm i'm from the <laughs> south and i'm proud of my accent uh so i don't really have a strong accent but i can highlight it a little bit uh there are some people from mississippi who have much stronger accents than i do but uh <laughs> oh i'm sure i'm sure and there's a there's people from from way deep south that are hard are much harder to understand than you are yeah yeah well i mean i am deep south i am as deep south as you can probably go i'm just not i just i just have a little bit i just speak a little clearer than most people from my area uh but anyway uh moving on uh we're gonna get into our patented positivity sandwich by starting with some patent pending patent pending uh, <laughs> uh with our uh likes and then we're gonna talk a little bit about our dislikes and then we'll finish on some more positives so let's talk about we're gonna have a lot of positives to talk about in this movie um but a lot of them are are kind of like no duh things 
if if you know if you're a fan of Harryhausen, you already know some of the positives that we're going to talk about. But what are some positives that you have for this movie? I'm going to try not. I'm. It's really hard. It's really hard to to give positives like the odd like the obvious no duh positive because like, and I was talking I was talking to a friend of ours before we recorded this episode. I'm like, it seems like when we talk about a Harryhausen film, we say the same things over and over and over because and not and not because these all these films are the same. It's because we have such a deep love and appreciation for the work that the late great Harryhausen had has done up to this point um so it's a little bit hard for us to be objective um but i'm gonna start actually with our uh lead protagonist the the todd armstrong todd armstrong who plays jason i thought out of um out of all like the 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 classic heroes that we have gotten in had we have gotten portrayed in a harryhausen film all the leading men I think that uh, Todd Armstrong has been my favorite so far. I agree, actually. Uh, I agree. And actually, even knowing what's coming up in the future with like Clash of the Titans and some of the other ones, uh, Todd Armstrong mm-hmm. is my favorite leading man so far in all of the Harryhausen films. Um, I It's something I didn't appreciate when I was younger and watching this movie because, you know, I'm more interested in the creatures and stuff. And we will talk about the creatures. But, yeah, looking at some of the stuff that's outside of just the Harryhausen effects, some of the stuff that's actually going into this movie, beyond just what Harryhausen did, uh, I, I really like Todd Armstrong. I think he did a great job acting. Now, his voice is dubbed over in the movie. So that's not his voice that you're hearing uh, in the movie, but there's enough acting in his facial expressions and his eyes that you can tell he's a decent act. Like he's a good actor, even though his voice is not the one that you're hearing. He is still carrying that role and doing a fantastic job in that role and looking him up. I looked him up to see what else he did after this movie and who oh, listeners, I, I encourage you not to do that because he's, he's kind of a tragic, it's kind of a tragic story because after this movie, he doesn't really get a lot of leading roles and eventually just kind of fades into obscurity until he took his own life. So it's, he, he kind of he kind of uh, meandered in some spaghetti westerns, didn't he? If I'm uh, he I'm did a lot correct. of television stuff. Okay. He did a lot of television stuff, okay. uh, and then you know, and and yeah, up until he was about fifty five, that's when he took his own life. So yeah, kind of a tragic story for for a guy who really was a standout in this movie. I mean, he's surrounded by a bunch of actors. Like, there's a ton of characters in this movie, and he stood out among all of them as a very fantastic one. And I, and I really think that a lot of the actors in this movie were really good. I think that uh, a lot of the ones that were playing some of the side characters, even though they didn't stand out as much as Todd Armstrong did, I think they did a decent job. I think that the, the King at the very beginning, I mean, he's, he's your, he's your typical villain character from this time period where he's very, uh, he's chewing a lot of scenery 
which is great. And I love mm, that very much. Uh, and of course we can't talk about chewing scenery without talking about uh, the guy who played Hercules. <laughs> <laughs> because Yeah. I mean, it's um, yeah. Cause Hercules, uh, he, yeah, he definitely chewed up the scenery in her, in, in this movie uh, because he was just so big and bombastic and charismatic um that he did mm-hmm. he, he chewed up the scene he, he did chew up the scenery uh, i think what was that who was the actor that did hercules in this movie uh bu- 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 nigel green uh and nigel green went on to do uh see he was in zulu jason and the argonauts the face of fu manchu which i've never seen that i've never seen i've never seen zulu or the face of fu manchu um the Ipocris, the Ipocris files. I, I don't know what that is. He went on to do a lot of British television series uh, and a lot of made for TV movies. Okay. Okay. Yeah. A lot of the, I mean, none of the actors really went on to do anything major. I think after leaving this, <laughs> this movie, um, they were, they were all really good. I think they all did a great job, but yeah. Uh, Todd Armstrong, uh and nigel would you say nigel green was that his name nigel green yeah Yeah. he actually died shortly after he actually died a few years after this movie came out oh wow he didn't didn't live long after he didn't live long after this one either yeah so uh yeah that's something that that's something to talk about that's not again struggling to find something to talk about that's not the harry house effects because all I want to talk about is the Harryhausen effects because the Harryhausen mm. effects are the thing that brings you into it. But there's a lot of good things in this movie. Uh, the the sets, the costumes, the locations, like they really did. It did not feel like a movie set. Well, I mean, they did film on location in a lot of places, but even the ones that were sets did not feel too much like sets. Like, like they really did a good job of making you feel like you're in this mm. world. And this world mm-hmm. is a lived-in world. It's not just thrown together in a weekend. You know, it, like, I, I I, think they did a really good job with this movie. And I think a big reason why so much of everything else in this movie is so good beside, outside of the Harryhausen effects is because this genre is kind of where Hollywood was at this time period. Like, this was... Mm-hmm. This was the big thing in Hollywood, like the way everybody talks about Marvel movies and superhero movies nowadays, that's what sword and sandal movies were back in the day. And so this yeah, was just another I'm trying to think. Uh-huh. I'm, I'm trying to think of when um, I'm trying to think of when the 10 commandments came out because it came out around this time, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Um, 10 commandments. Cleopatra. Oh, All of those movies came out around the same time. Mm-hmm. Okay, here it is. Oh well, no, the Ten Commandments actually came out in nineteen. What what year did what year did uh uh sixty three? What is it sixty three? Mm-hmm. So eh, kind of. So the Ten Commandments with Charlton Heston uh came out in nineteen fifty six actually. Right. Uh, so it came out a few years earlier. But you're right because a lot during this time period there were a lot of sword and sword and sorcery and and sword and sandal movies coming out a lot of the um 
a lot of the Hollywood block, but a lot of the Hollywood money was directed at recreating some of these classic myths and fairy tales. Um, and that's just sort of where, you know, it's just sort of where the culture was at at the time. Yeah. I mean, we didn't, you know, we didn't even mention Ben Hur. Uh, I mentioned Cleopatra, mm-hmm. yeah. um, Julius Caesar. Right. Um, uh, what's the, um, Spartacus. I was trying to think of the name of it. Uh, like all of oh, these yeah, movies, Spartacus. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. All of these movies came out around the same time. So this was the big thing to do back then. And so it makes sense that uh, this is kind of I, this is what I like to call Harryhausen's classical period, because this is when Harryhausen kind of I mean, we've already kind of done that with Sinbad, but he kind of migrated away from doing modern stories and wanted to go in a more classical uh more uh old-timey sword and sandal yeah fantasy stories and so this is kind of harryhausen's classical period is what i call this um and uh yeah they did they did a great job on the costumes and everything but that's no surprise because like i said this is hollywood knew how to do this this was this was they were they knew how to crank these out Oh, you know, so it's not a, it's not a surprise that that they did such a good job on the sets and the costumes and everything. Now, what does surprise me is that they did it on a relatively it's it wasn't a high budget movie because like the same year that this uh, came I'm, out, Cleopatra came out and Cleopatra was the most expensive movie made at the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see. <clears throat> Uh, yeah, the budget for this one was twenty five. Let's see, two million five hundred thousand dollars is what the budget for this movie was. For the what the, what the budget for this was? Uh, I guess that was a decent budget for for the time. Yeah, period. that's a pr- that's a that's a pretty good sized budget. Hang on, I'm gonna I might cut this out because I want to see what the what the conversion for inflation is. Uh, so this bu- so this movie was made on a budget of two million five hundred thousand. So that equates to around uh, doing my handy dandy Google search here, um, seventeen million eight hundred and eighty thousand one hundred and ninety six dollars and eight cents per. That's, if you if you're calculating for inflation, that's n- still not a lot. That's yeah. So it's not a huge budget movie. Yeah, yeah. Because like uh, by modern uh, standards, that would be a low budget movie. That's yeah. By mod, yeah, you're right. By modern standards, that that's almost an independent film, almost yeah. an independent film. Yeah. So, um, uh, so, so for for such a tight budget, what they were able to do, I think. I mean, it wasn't tight budget, but for for a smaller budget to make this movie what it is, I think it. I think that's an achievement in itself. Oh, I think it's definitely an I think it's definitely achievement. Uh, an achievement, honestly. Um, because you're right, what they were able to do and they were filming on location, they filmed, they filmed across Italy and Europe for this movie. Uh, Mm -hmm. you know, that's not cheap. Greece. Yeah. Yeah. Um, they, you know, that that's not cheap. Of course, the, the production team that went in the, the production that went into the special effects, you know, that's not cheap. Uh, so yeah, I mean, this is such a well, like the one, the thing about Harryhausen films is they knew how to make a good movie on a relatively modest budget yeah 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 they really did uh and 
for it to stand the test of time, of course, a lot of that is attributed to Harryhausen's effects because Harryhausen's effects really are timeless. Um, do we want to take the time now to talk about his effects or do you want to talk about a little bit of the, our negatives and then finish on talking about our the, our favorite effects from the movie? Let's let's save the special effects. Let's save the special effects for the end because, you know, I, I want to because I, I know that I know that's going to be a little bit bad. That's going to be a little bit loaded with positivity when we get to that session. Let's so let's just go ahead and and Travis, what are some of your negatives for this movie? Yeah. And again, I do want to apologize to our listeners if you're listening to this and it sounds like we're kind of a little all over the place. It's because we're trying to not just focus on the Harryhausen stuff because that that is it's just like I'm I'm screaming on the inside. I want to I want to just just talk about it because it's, that's that's why we watch these movies. Uh, <laughs> that's why we individually, me and you watch this, these movies. Yes. Uh, and so right. it's so hard to not talk about that. So I'm sorry, listeners, if it seems like we're kind of all over the place. But uh, uh, yeah, anyway, uh, some of my negatives, I, I'm, I'm really my ne- my one nitpick on this movie is the length and the conclusion of the movie. I, I think that the length of again it felt kind of long but at the same time it it fits into the the time period like the you know they had longer films back then this isn't actually that long a film when you actually compare it to some modern films Zack snyder's justice league um but you know (laughs) (laughs) that's really not a that's well i mean i guess i guess it's a fair okay okay king kong 2005 um (laughs) (laughs) but like i said okay that's a little but like king kong 2005 i felt the length and i think that's the difference like i I don't mind sitting for a long film if if i'm like wrapped up in it to the point that i don't feel it and for some reason i just as much as i love what's happening in this movie i wasn't wrapped up in it to the point where i just didn't feel the length and i i think a lot of that is because it felt so episodic so it felt like i was binge watching an entire series instead of just watching one Mm -hmm. almost two-hour movie um yeah but the conclusion to me really is just so anticlimactic like yeah i i definitely get the the like jason achieves his goal of getting the fleece and you can kind of say, well, you know, uh, of course this, you know, you have so much else that happens in between him on his way home uh, in the original Greek mythology. There's a whole bunch of, I looked up all the stuff that like how it diverged from, from the original Greek story. But if you're already diverging, you can have him just make it home and, and just, just have him beat the, the king and have a i don't know so have an epic conclusion other than them drifting off in the water him and the love interest that was introduced in the last 20 minutes of the film and the gods the zeus and hera just looking down like well he'll live to fight another day and it's just like i don't know it just felt so anticlimactic after everything that we had been building up to yeah, I mean, it just feels like it feels like there could have been at least a time skip. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like from from the conclusion of the con- from the conclusion of being from the conclusion of him defeating the king, 
and then him and then him return and then at least maybe show him returning home at the end of the movie and just kind of tie that up in a bow somehow. You're right. I, I think you're I think I'm with you. I'm tracking with you anyway. I'm tracking with you. I think that it does feel a little bit, I don't know, sanguine. Is sanguine the right word? Um saccharin. Saccharin, maybe. Um maybe it, it does feel that way. It feels just kind of like an anticlimactic ending to me in this. Yeah. You know, and, and, and so many of it's, the, it's tough. so many of the great like elements that were introduced early on are just mm-hmm. dropped because you never, you never follow up on them. Like, like I said, the King who came in and killed all of Jason's family and Jason escaped and is going to come back and reclaim the throne. You never follow up on mm-hmm. that. And yes, I know what no. I know the Greek stories and and what they're based on and everything is like oh there's stuff that happens but I'm 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 more interested in what happens in this movie and and they and they can tell they had the freedom to tell a decent story without having to be so beholden to the original Greek stories so so that's not an argument I just wanted to get ahead of that that people who might might make that argument for it. But yeah. that's what that's what I was getting ready. To, that's what I was getting ready to ask you, actually, uh, Travis. If 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 you think that this movie stuck so closely to the Greek the Greek story that it forgot to make a good movie. Uh, no, I don't think it did because a I think the movie is really good, and b there are so many things that they changed, so many things mm-hmm. that they that they changed in this movie that are not part of the original Greek story. Uh, the them fighting Talos in in the original story was on their return journey, not while they're mm-hmm. leaving. Uh, the whole story with Medea is its own adventure story in itself because there's so much going on with Medea and her family and her kingdom and all this kind of stuff that that yeah that's its own 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 adventure story in itself. And so, yeah, there's a lot that they diverged from to begin with. So why not diverge more and have the, just have it kind of tie up everything, tie up all the loose ends. Cause there's, I, I guess that's, that's what it is. Is there's just a bunch of loose ends because you, one of the, one of the things I, and, and this isn't, this isn't storytelling, but this is giving speech because I give a lot of speeches. Uh, one of the things that we learn is your opening and your conclusion should be interchangeable. Now, filmmaking, that's not exactly, you can't you know translate that one-to-one in right. filmmaking, but I think that a good film, the opening and the conclusion should connect so well that mm-hmm. you can take out the whole middle part and still, and still understand the film. Like, I, I think that, I think that right. there's that your conclusion needs to be strong enough and and connected enough to your opening that you can like legitimately take out the majority of the film and have Mm -hmm. a decent story with just the opening and conclusion. And in this movie, you can't do that because the opening is a character who disappears halfway through the film and doesn't reappear at the end. And the character doesn't achieve the goal that, that he ultimately was trying to like he achieved the goal of getting the fleece but he didn't achieve the goal of of freeing his kingdom and and taking his kingdom back like that was his goal that was the goal he set out at the beginning and he doesn't achieve his goal 
So, yeah, that's my biggest complaint for this movie. Yeah, it leaves a little bit. Honestly, it leaves a little bit uh, to be desired as far as just a story. Like, because it, it is a good movie, but it leaves a little bit for the audience to be for the audience to desire because you're right. We don't, it doesn't wrap it up in a nice little bow. And, and I, and I'm curious, did they intend on doing a sequel, maybe like the Epic of Jason or, or something like that, but you know, yeah, maybe I, I, only, I don't, I don't, I don't know. I, I just don't know. Yeah. Maybe they were intending cause, cause they did do sequels to the Sinbad movie. So maybe this was one of those movies yes. that, that they were intending to possibly do a sequel of in the future. And, and it, I don't really know. I, I've watched documentaries about Harryhausen's work, but I've never watched anything or read anything specifically about this movie. So I don't know if there was any plans or what the, what the behind the scenes story for this movie was. I do know that there are comic book sequels to this movie. Uh, that were published, you know, much later, you know, and just interesting. Okay. Yeah. yeah. There's a, there was a whole Harryhausen collection that was published and I forget it was a small publisher. It wasn't like one of the big ones like dark horse or, or uh, DC or Marvel, but it was a small publisher, but they published all of, uh, they published an entire Harryhausen collection that were comic book sequels to all of the Harryhausen or all the big Harryhausen films. Uh, and Jason okay. the Argonauts got one. Okay, because it was called uh, was it called Harryhausen Presents? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah. Because I just looked, I just looked it up, and it popped up on um, it popped up on Comicsology. Okay. Yeah, I've talked says, about them because it's got. Uh huh. Go ahead. Go ahead. I, I was just gonna say I, I don't I don't remember us talking about these, but I've talked just, about I them. Forgot. I've talked about them on the podcast, but I think I might have talked about them with Steven when he was uh, still the co-host. I don't remember if I talked about them with you or not, but uh, yeah, I, I want to cover them on the podcast at some point because I really do want to go through and read all of those, all the ones that we can find. I don't know if you can find all of them, uh, but I know most of them you can find like on comiXology and stuff. And, and I think there's like two, Jason the Argonauts one. There's an actual direct sequel, and then there's another spinoff one uh, f- from it. Uh, and yeah, I, I want to read those those comics, but but uh, anyway, yeah, I don't know what the what this behind the scenes story is if they planned on a sequel or not. Okay, because yeah, I'm looking at them now because it just says um, it said there's Back to Mysterious Island. There's mm-hmm. 20 million miles more. Um, wrath of the titans yep um okay i mean i'd love to try to track i mean uh war of the elementals i don't think i'd know what that is um it came from beneath the sea again I, Mm -hmm. i mean i don't know how hard it is to track these things down but i would really like to um in physical form i might be pretty difficult because like i said it was a small publisher uh, but I like, gotcha. I mean, they are available. Okay. A lot of them are available digitally. So, uh, but yeah, I would love okay. to cover them on the podcast at some point in the future. Uh, just cover all of them on the podcast at some point. Cause they, they, they just, it sounds so interesting. They were published by, for anyone not familiar, uh, they were published by blue water comics. Yeah. Um, which I think I was, don't know what, I think was a, a British publisher. I don't I don't know about a British publisher, but I think they 
they went defunct and became another company, Tidal Wave, maybe. And Tidal Wave has had its own right. legal problems. I think I might be I might be confusing it with another company, but okay. But yeah, I'll have to. Um... I'll have to look this I'll have to look this up because I'm looking at it now and the artwork on these looks phenomenal. I've definitely mentioned them to you off podcast before, but I know your brain Maybe. is like a sieve. You probably I mean you probably you probably have. I do leak like a sieve. You're right. Oh, and the one um the one uh the Ray Harryhausen presents Jason and the Argonauts, the Kingdom of uh the Kingdom of Hades is yeah. is, is one of the uh Jason and the Argonauts ones. Yeah, but I think the 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 they he they did two different Jason the Argonauts one. I think that's one of them, and then they did another one. So, uh, mm-hmm. so yeah, uh, okay, yeah. We need I mean, to- we could spend a lot of time talking about these because I'm just kind of combing through as you're talking and looking. Um, yeah, you're you're because but... like I said, when I when I first discovered them, and I I know I definitely talked to the, talked to Stephen about them, and I definitely wanted to cover them on ah. the podcast at some point. But yeah, when I first discovered them, I was like, I have to track these down and find them and and read them because they look fantastic. And and I remember talking, mm-hmm. I've I've talked to a bunch of people about them because they they just sound so cool, and I kept wondering if anybody had read them because because uh, like you know. It, it's just i don't know i i think it i think it would be a neat companion piece to all of our harryhausen episodes to do at least one maybe two episodes where we go through and cover the the comic book sequels to all of these movies after we've done all of the harryhausen films yeah i think so too because it's like because just one more quick thing and then we can move on uh there's actually a wrath of the titans which is the sequel to clash of the titans mm-hmm. there's an omnibus for that oh neat that's cool. So anyway, um, now um, let's, let's that took spend... a little, that, that took a, that, that took a different little rabbit trail, didn't it? Okay. Yeah. Let's spend just a little bit of time. I don't want, I don't want to take up too much time because we can go on and on forever about it. Let's talk about the creatures. Now I want to start this conversation off by asking you, Michael, of all of Harryhausen's creatures that were in this film, because there was a lot of them. Which one was your favorite? Mm. I enjoyed them for so many. I enjoyed them for different reasons. Um, But ultimately my favorite. uh, Honestly, I think Talos. Yeah, I think think Talos. I think Talos was my favorite because and here's the and I was thinking about this when I was watching the movie. Talos is probably one of the scariest of the Harryhausen creatures that we've seen. And he's really not even a creature. It's a, uh, a demi, not a demigod, but a, um, Titan. I don't know what you would call them. Uh, a Titan. Yeah. Yeah. You could probably even call it a Majin. If you're talking about those, if you're talking about like, if you're bringing a little bit of, a little bit of Japanese mythology language, maybe a Majin. Well, I I mean, in the, in the movie, they called him a Titan. He was, he was, uh, I think Talos in in the original Greek story is one of the Titans. Mm-hmm. So I think Talos was my favorite because I feel like he was the most intimidating, not because, you know, he was so huge because he is the biggest um, uh, enemy in this movie, but because of those cold, dead eyes, those yeah. cold, dead, lifeless those cold, dead, lifeless eyes. Um, 
with a lot of Harryhausen's creatures, you know, a lot of them are based on animals and like flesh and blood creatures that can technically be killed, uh, mm-hmm. that have a heartbeat. Um, you know, with maybe the exception of Medusa, the only way to kill Medusa is to cut her head off. Uh, and even the head remains alive. So, um, you know, there, there are a lot of Harryhausen's creatures are based off flesh and blood, like, you know, dragons, cyclops, blah, 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 et cetera. And, but there was just something really interesting and really foreboding about Talos uh, that it just made it, it just, it just, it just made that scene for me. Like the, just because he's not alive. So how can you defeat, how can you defeat something that is not alive? They literally needed to get advice from a goddess on how to defeat Talos. Yeah. Or else they would have not. Yeah. Uh, and it's funny because I, I had the same kind of thought on Talos, uh, which is that, yeah, Ray put so much time and effort into making all of his creatures look alive. Like, you know, he, he makes them move in little subtle ways and makes little uh, motions and gestures in makes them, you know, move in and have those, you know, facial features and facial expressions and stuff that make them feel alive. He even adds uh, little like air bladders in them so that they can look like they're breathing. Uh, and, and all of that mm-hmm. extra effort really adds to the life of his creatures and makes them very memorable. Talos had none of that. He didn't breathe. He didn't have a, a facial expressions, you know, that he would change. He just had those empty sockets for eyes. And yeah, he moved very robotic, which is funny because it's like if you watch just this scene out of context with no other context of Harryhausen's work, you'd be like, well, okay, yeah, he's halfway decent at uh, at making uh, stop motion uh, making the uh, doing stop motion, but it really looks very robotic. But then when you put it into the context of all of, of how smooth all the other creatures that he does are, then you realize, oh no, he did the robotic and, and kind of uh, fumbling around that, that Talos does on purpose because he's a giant statue that's not meant to move or hasn't moved in centuries and is, you know, I mean, like even going as far as having the patina on him, the little green spots where the bronze has kind of aged and everything, it just it all mm-hmm. added to this feeling of this thing is ancient. This thing is massive. This thing has no life to it. It is just there to destroy you. And there's nothing you can do to stop it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's and, you know, it's a, it's the mixture of of the animation and the sound design. I think what makes Talos so effective is the sound design because you've got that creaky kind of metal, like scra- like uh, mm-hmm. uh, metal scraping on metal sound that is just kind of unsettling to the ears. If you have sensitive, if you're kind of sensitive to those types of sounds, I can see where this would totally be upsetting to you. Um, but yeah, it's just it just shows that that Harryhausen had such a wide range of what he could do. Mm-hmm. Um, that this movie is a showcase of what his of what his skills were, because yeah. right after Talos, you have the Hydra, who's very much alive. Oh yeah, yeah, and like I said, and there in the Hydra, you get all of the little 
uh, small movements and little subtle things that he does that makes the character feel alive and like an actual living, breathing thing. Um, and in a documentary I watched about Harry House's work is he would sometimes like, you know, the amount of work that it takes to shoot a single minute or single second of, of footage in stop motion, the, the amount of work that goes into it is just phenomenal but he would purposely do little little touches little movements that add nothing to the scene add nothing to the action and would cause him to do mm -hmm. more work but he would do that just to make the character the the creature feel more alive because yeah right. that that's just the type of person he was he wanted them to feel alive so he didn't mind doing the extra work to add a little extra movement where other stop motion artists only do what's necessary to get the scene shot he went above and beyond mm -hmm. that's what makes Harryhausen so great and like i said at the beginning of this in my opening thoughts this was the movie where he pulled out all the stops like he did everything uh that he that was in his uh book of tricks <laughs> and and this the the hydra is one of those examples because we've seen him do multiple head creatures before when he did the the roke or the rock in sinbad but as far as i know that was the only other creature up to this point that had multiple heads the rest of them have all had one head and that one only had two heads here we're getting into this movie and the hydra has what is it seven heads that the hydra has seven uh, nine yeah, the, the I can't remember. Is it seven? I think it's seven. I think it's a seven headed Hydra. And all of them are moving independently and all of them are, you know, doing their own thing and have a little bit of personality in themselves, but yet they all work together in one body. And it's just like, yeah, like this is Harry Housen at his best. Definitely. We see him push this a little bit further with the Medusa in clash of the titans because you get all of the snakes and all the snakes you know operate independently but this was just like the best of the best when it comes to doing that and so yeah I, for me if i think I'm the hydra not, stands out the most to me if i'm not mistaken if i'm not mistaken the heads on the heads on the hydra were also used as the snakes on medusa right they might have been. Did he re or something was? I think something was reused from the Hydra to make Medusa. It may have just been her tail. Yeah, um, because Harryhausen her had, because Harryhausen did have a way of recycling old, uh, 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 what they call them, armatures right. to make different creatures with them. Yeah, uh, which, which is what know, helped cut on cost too. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and so yeah, the the Hydra stands out to me. That one's probably my favorite of them. But then you also have the 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 uh, what are they called? The harpies. Oh yeah, the harpies. Yep. yep. Which is not one, which but I wasn't two flying creatures, humanoid creatures. <laughs> which I wasn't all that impressed by. I mean, I was impressed by the harpies, but in the grand scheme of everything that we had gotten in this movie, I wasn't like the harpies were like very last on the list for me. The harpies are not as flashy 
as some of the other creatures are. Mm -hmm. And I, I do agree with that. Like they don't, they're not the most memorable because they're not the most flashy, but I was watching this and I was thinking outside of the movie and thinking about how much work it takes to make a flying creature. And he put two of them in side by side, uh, interacting with characters on the ground and interacting with the set too, because they also interact with the set. And uh, that is just, whoa, the amount of work that that would have taken. And then there were a few moments where they almost felt like people in suits because they moved almost like a human being wearing a suit. And I think that was an achievement too, that he was able to capture kind of the, like these are humanoids, so they would move a little bit more human than than other monsters that he's and, and creatures that he created and so there were yeah moments where they felt almost like guys in suits yeah yeah i can yeah i can see that yeah for sure and then the the yeah. only other one to really oh did you have something else to say i was just gonna well the only other one you were getting ready to say it i was getting ready to say and i was literally probably going to say the exact same you same thing you did. And the only other one that we need to talk about is, of course, the skeletons, the the Hydra's teeth. Uh, yeah, the children of the Hydra's from... teeth. Yes. Yeah. And, oh, man, this is the scene that everyone remembers from this. And this is, again, we talk about, I've said it before, but Harryhausen pushing the boundaries of what he was able to do pulling out all the stops like we've already seen him do a skeleton fight in sinbad and that was the that was the template that was the kind of uh his testing grounds to see how it's done and then he moves into this and it's a it is a fully choreographed fight between three live actors and i forget how many uh skeletons six Six, six, I think six skeletons uh, that are not on set, but are done in post-production in the, in the stop motion section. Uh, the, the, the fact that it looks good at all is beyond amazing. Mm -hmm. Oh, for sure. Yeah. It looks phenomenal. Phenomenal. Yeah. And, and there's so Just many, the way so many films take inspiration from this like not like there there are films that directly like you can tell take inspiration from this like like the mummy uh from brendan fraser's uh the mummy movies uh but also just in in mm -hmm. fight choreography in general there are scenes in other movies that you can tell take inspiration from this and i think it's just it, it this one scene if you were going to pick one moment from this entire movie that has been the most influential on film that is it. This is it. Yeah, for sure. Uh, I mean, this definitely is the same. I mean, honestly, what rewatching this movie uh, again, I kind of forgot about the harpies. I remembered them. I remembered there was a Hydra. Uh, so that wasn't, it wasn't, wasn't easily forgotten, but automatically, if you, if you're, if you've seen this movie before, or if you've heard people talk about this movie automatically, the first the first thing that comes to mind is the scene is the, is the skeletons hands mm -hmm. down. Yeah, definitely. 
definitely uh, and just there's a like i said I, I keep mentioning there's a documentary that i watched about hair has watch some of the behind the scenes stuff watch them talking about uh how they achieved it because they had to train the actors to they by they would have stunt doubles in there to act as the skeletons and then the the actors would learn their positions and learn their choreography but then they would have to remove the stunt actors and and have the actors actually act out the choreography without anyone there they are literally just shadow boxing and they're swinging swords and they're hitting shields and swords they're held by the skeleton so they have to learn to swing and then stop to show that they hit something and that's all done by the actor and and so it's just the amount of effort that everyone not just Harryhausen but everyone put into making the scene as beautiful and as well done as it is and it's just yeah it is it is it is the highlight of the entire movie no, it's 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 hands down, and this is probably the last thing we we probably should say about it. It's it's hands down one of the greatest technical achievements in film. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Um. So yeah, uh, I think I think we've talked enough about our positives, our negatives. We finished off our positivity sandwich, so I think we can move on to our Godzuki score. So for anybody who's new to the podcast, sorry for this being uh, kind of a weird mess of an episode. Lot, lot, a lot more Muppet Baby talk than I was expecting when we went into this episode. <laughs> uh, but, uh, but if you're new to the podcast, we like to rate our movies out of five Godzukis instead of five stars or anything like that because we like to embrace the silly side of giant monster movies and so michael what would you rate jason and the argonauts and what are your final thoughts um so like we said at the top of the like we said at the top of the episode this is not the most rewatchable of harry hausen's films for me i appreciate it i love it for its technical achievements and i think that if you're if you're the type of person that enjoys a um enjoys enjoys greek mythology and epics and fantasy and fantasy sword sword and sorcery or sword and sandal movies this is going to be right up your alley uh it's a it's a classic film there's a reason why people talk about this one uh, the most when they're referring to Harryhausen, because again, it is such a huge technical achievement um, up to this point, if not period in film, in my opinion. Uh, but again, just as a re as a, as a film that I'm going to go back to time and time again, it's not one of the, it's not one of my favorites. Um, so for that, I'm actually just going to give it a four out of five. Godzookies. <laughs> all right yeah and i wrote down my uh final thoughts um which i usually try to do uh so here are my final thoughts um i tried to separate my feelings into two different categories is this movie good by modern standpoint and does it hold up through the lens of the time period that it was actually made in uh by modern standards i'd say this movie is too long and needed some tightening up in the writing department as well as a better conclusion. Mm -hmm. However, those are things that are common for the time period that this movie was made. 
you know, there's there's very few movies that didn't have those same problems in it, even some of the you know most beloved classics. So it, it's it's a little it's things I can overlook. Um, right. I can't. We just re- really cannot overstate how this movie was just the culmination of everything Harryhausen had been doing up until that point. Really, this film is just it's a gem. And it's extremely influential, and the only negatives that exist are because of the time period the movie was made. So, mm-hmm. you know, I, I it, like you said, I, it's not one that I necessarily go back to to watch over and over again, but it definitely deserves the title of probably best movie ever made, or you know, at least best Harryhausen film. And, you know, at least from a technical standpoint, it probably is the best Harryhausen film ever made. Uh, not everyone will be into the sword and sandal style of this movie. So if you haven't watched this movie and you're not into that kind of genre, then this movie is not going to be for you because it really is a sword and sandal movie from the early sixties. It is, it is, it has all the tropes, all of the negatives and positives of that time period in that genre. But if you do like classic adventures and want to see the best of the best in stop motion effects, check out this movie. It's worth watching. That's my final thoughts. So I'm going to give it four out of five. Kazookies. Okay. Well, there we go. Yeah. And now we can move into the next segment of the podcast. And do you know what the next segment is? I actually do. It's the mailbag. The mailbag. What's in the mail today? And if you would like to send us something to read out on the podcast, you can do that by sending it to kaijuweekly at gmail.com or at kaijuweekly on Twitter. And we will read it out on the podcast. Please do that because our mailbag is getting empty again. And we would love to hear from you because we love interacting with our listeners and with other uh, giant monster movie fans and other movie fans in general. Um, We put out a call. Well, let me change that. You put out a call. <laughs> Who you gonna call? Nick Blackler. Nick Blackler uh, answered the call and sent in some really funny artwork because uh, a couple of episodes ago we had uh, a, a, a just a conversation that involved bananas and gas nipples. We're going to leave it at that. If you want to hear more about it, go back and listen to it. Wasn't our previous episode, was it? No, it was. No, it was our. um, Because the previous episode, the previous episode, it was our Shang-Chi. Was it our episode? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. It was our Shang-Chi episode. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, I think it was our Shang-Chi episode. Uh, So go back and listen to that if you want the context, although it's funnier without context. But Nick Blackler sent in some fantastic uh, artwork of Gamera fighting a giant banana with fire gas nipples. I mean, is it gas nipples or just fire shooting out of his nipples? I can't really tell. (laughs) I think that it's fire and gas nipples, which makes it 10 times better. 
it's like it's like propane gas nipples <laughs> yes which so just makes yeah, me think of king yes. of the hill <laughs> propane and <laughs> propane gas nipples propane, propane and propane accessories for your gas nipples <laughs> uh thank you nick for sending that fantastic artwork and for always drawing the weird stuff that me and michael uh say on this podcast uh and if anybody wants to see the artwork that we're talking about go to our twitter at kaiju weekly it will be the tweet that is pinned to the top of our profile because that's where i put it uh so you can check the artwork out there and okay we- uh-huh I was going to say, that's fantastic. I mean, that's, that's, that's all you need to know. Just, yeah, just go look at it. Cause it's great. And it's, it made me laugh. Yeah. And it's exact. It is, it is everything that I asked for and more. <laughs> Thanks, Nick. Uh, and so the next thing to do for this podcast is to read the trivia question out for next week's episode. So we like to hint to our topics for next week. Uh, by asking trivia questions and then you give us any answer at all and we will read it out as you can tell when we were going through a lot of muppet baby talk earlier it doesn't have to be the correct answer (laughs) it can be it can be the muppet babies theme song (laughs) um so the we are leaving my uh, michael we are finished with american monster month yeah wait no boo 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 wait and what are we doing next now i forgot because i forgot we are moving into out of this world october yay uh, oh, oh, oh. <laughs> that was my really poor uh rendition of the star trek theme oh i thought someone had kicked you in the nuts <laughs> no, no, not yet. Not today. Not today, at least. But, but of course, the, weekend, but the, weekend, the day is still young. Uh, that sounded like the Simpsons theme song. Muppet Babies. Anyway, uh, our trivia. <laughs> Our trivia question that hints to the the movie that we're covering next week is what was the first science fiction tokusatsu film to be released in color? Hmm. The first science fiction tokusatsu film to be released in color. Hmm. Sounds interesting. And if I didn't know the answer already, I would be like, I have no clue. I have no clue what this is. Do you even know what the actual answer is? Because uh, I, you don't remember always what we're covering each week. <laughs> oh, my God, Travis. I know what we're covering next week. We're, we're covering Gorgo. Yay, Gorgo again. I have done Gorgo three As times per- on this podcast. As per uh, our friend Brandon McClure's request. Yeah, we have uh, we have covered Gorgo three times on this podcast. Two times I don't think we to history. No, no, no. I I don't. I was going to say, I don't think we've covered Gorgo. I I have personally not covered Gorgo on this podcast. 
and you won't because I've already been through it three times. <laughs> like I like the movie, but there's only well, so many times I can review it on the podcast. <laughs> well, that's no fun. Anyway, well, technically we talked about technically we talked about Gorgo because we talked about um, the Gappa. Gappa. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so the only other thing to do for this podcast is to thank everyone for listening and sharing this podcast with your friends. Uh, all the links to our social media, as well as for the Kaiju Groupie Facebook group are listed in the description of this episode. You can send questions, comments, or answers to trivia questions to our email, kaijuweekly at gmail.com. Uh, you can also send us the Muppet Babies theme song. I still don't believe it exists. Uh, we also want to say a big thank you to everyone who has supported Kaiju Ramen Magazine so far. If you want to find out more about it, you can check out the website kaijuramenmagazine.com. Also, you can pick up a physical copy of issue three because we still have some physical copies of issue three left. And that's, this is the only time they're going to be printed. So if you want your own, you better get it soon. And we also want to thank the terrific Taylor Ward, the magnificent Nathan Marchan, the charismatic Alex Cornette, the devastatingly handsome Damon Noise and Shijir for supporting us on Patreon. If you want to help support this podcast and get some nice bonus content from time to time when we decide to actually update it and post something, uh, you can check out our Patreon page, patreon.com slash kaijuweeklypod. Please contribute to my medication. That's where the money goes because it, when I'm off my medication, this only gets worse. <laughs> that is not true. That is not true. Uh, public service announcement. That is not where the money goes. Uh, you don't know where the money goes. <laughs> the money actually goes to helping this podcast grow and helping projects like Kaiju Ramen. And it also uh, helps fans just like you and I. Um, and you know what else helps fans just like you and I, Travis? What? I'm totally messing this up. This is not the, my the normal Muppet Baby theme song. This is not my normal. Sh no, not the Muppet Baby's theme song. <laughs> Going over to Apple Podcasts and leaving us a five-star review. And what that's going to do is that's going to put this show in front of other Kaiju and Tokusatsu fans just like you. It's going to help us grow. It's going to help projects like Kaiju Ramen. Uh, and it's also going to help Travis maybe with his medication. I doubt it. I don't think there's enough medication in the world to help me at this point. <laughs> I I agree. I, I, I agree. And so... Uh, I'm going to close out this episode by saying help control the Muppet Babies population. You knew it was coming. Have your harpies spayed or neutered. I was getting ready to say, have your gonzos spayed or neutered. Muppet Babies, I really been an awful bad girl. <laughs> oh, no. So hurry no, no, down no, my no, chimney no. tonight. <laughs> That's the only thing I can think of. I don't know what the song is. <laughs> <laughs>